Welcome to the inaugural podcast of Days of the New, the podcast that nobody asked for except for me and my co-host, Kevin. Say hi, Kevin. Hey there. How are you? Uh, so during the uh, course of this podcast, we are going to take one classic new metal album per episode. We're going to talk about the band. We're going to talk about the album. We're going to talk about if it's aged well, if it's aged poorly. Some of them were just terrible to begin with. Right, right. So I think to really understand why this was such a necessity for us, it's good to know just a little bit about our backgrounds. So I grew up as a teenager in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. And uh, I think like most people out there uh, who grew up in the 90s, you listened to heavy music was what was on the radio and what was on MTV. And that dictated a lot of what you know you grew up with. So for me, it was a lot of corn, a lot of Limp Biscuit, a lot of whatever uh, the radio was playing at that time and whatever was coming to that year's inaugural radio summer weenie roast uh, type thing. Right. Or, or, you know, you had like, a, you know, a cool older brother or a friend or somebody that was into it and you'd hear about it this way. I think a lot of us discovered bands by like looking at the T-shirt wall at Hot Topic and being like, oh, that one looks cool. A lot of it was based solely on looking through the liner notes of uh, whatever album I knew was good and being like, hmm, snot, that sounds like a band I should know. And then going out and buying their album. That was the power of liner notes at that time. And I think one of the drawing... The, well, the drawing factors of new metal is it's stupid. Like it's not complicated, it's not technical, and it's easy to play. So people like me, um, when I was you know 15 or whatever, and I started getting into this stuff, like I started learning how to play guitar because there's hardly ever a guitar solo. Everything's in drop D. You need two fingers to play it, and that's why I play guitar like I have an oven mitt on my left hand. 20 years later, <laughs> yeah. And for me, it was I wanted the heaviest music possible. I just like I grew up, I thought Guns N' Roses was fucking heavy. And then uh, after that, it was, uh, Korn, you know, Metallica. And then it went to Corn. And like, I was always just in search of what was going to be the next heaviest thing. Now, mind you, at this same time, like Madball has put out like three albums. Sick of it all is a thing. <laughs> right. uh, like Hatebreed is out there. Right. Earth, Earth Crisis is out there. Yeah, like Snapcases <laughs> and like Syracuse, like kids are getting like their heads caved in with like an eight ball in a sock. Uh, and right. But that did not have the, I didn't have access to that. That just wasn't a thing sure. that was remotely on my radar. So absolutely. Um, yeah. And like, so I think during the course of this podcast, we're going to start around 1995 and then we're probably going to have to end around 2002, yeah. maybe a little earlier. Cause I think that's when we all shifted and found like hardcore. And punk music yeah. And I mean, if we're being like 100% honest, and I think that this is like a moment where I'm being very vulnerable, it's like, I can get into albums that I owned and that I listened to that I've never told anybody I owned and or listened to because I want to so desperately to be cool. Yep. So on each episode, one of us is going to take the lead. We're going to pick an album. The, the other one might be super familiar with it or might not be familiar with it at all. This episode, just so you guys understand the situation that we're recording this in, um, we are both currently under quarantine. This uh, is being recorded amidst the uh, COVID-19 crisis, as I'm sure a million other podcasts are starting at this time. I'm recording from Kansas City. Kevin is recording from North Carolina. Yeah, and uh, that's where we both respectively live. Uh, we met when we were both living in Chicago and became lifelong friends, which has enabled us to be able to do this sort of thing. 
Yep. So, I mean, we might as well just get right into it. This first episode is going to be on the self-titled first album from Boston New Metalers, Godsmack. Godsmack by Godsmack. Yes, by Godsmack. So this is an album that I absolutely remember the first time I heard it. The first time I heard the, the lead single, whatever. And it was the heaviest thing I'd ever heard in my life at the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I've i never... Yesterday was the first time I've listened to this album uh, from start to finish. And I really got to tell you, it made me seriously rethink doing this podcast. <laughs> I got a text from Kevin that just said, I'm so mad at you for making me listen to this. <laughs> it is... It is not a good album in the way that I understand, in the way that even I appreciate new metal albums. I do not like this album. Uh, no, and, and I like it so much less. Um, you know, it's funny, like we're going to get into this track by track, but right about the middle of this album, I just, it was like I was hearing it for the first time. Like some of this is just blatant filler and it's so bad that like my brain has erased it. <laughs> But, but I mean, it's, let's, let's be real. Like this is still like, if there was a Mount Rushmore of new metal, Sully Ernest's face would be on it, you know, like, yeah, 100%. They're still doing it. They're still doing arena tours. They're still putting out the worst music I've ever heard in my life. And they're still just racking up hit singles on rock radio to this day. Look, looking at the numbers that not only this album did, but the, the kind of, the kind of numbers that Godsmack has put up, like from the jump is just so sad it just makes me so angry that like there are bands you know uh touring right now in vans well not right now but uh (laughs) bands that have really just dedicated their lives to this craft and somewhere sully erna is just like Fuck it, man. Uh, let's let's. Uh, all right, here's what I'm thinking. Like, dun, 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 dun. I know you think that that's the appropriate accent, but this dude is from Boston. Oh god. <laughs> you know what's so weird? Looking at like new metal, it's like you immediately think two places: Bakersfield, California. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Florida. Yeah, Jacksonville. <laughs> yeah, like those are the two. But like Boston has been a hotbed. For a lot of new metal bands, you had Reveille coming out of Boston. Oh, yeah, you had Godsmack. You had Reveille. I, I don't know. It seems like there's a lot of like. I'm, I'm gonna. Just... Well, I'm gonna look this up. New okay. metal bands from Boston. From Boston. Okay. <laughs> and see what happens. Heavy musical groups from Massachusetts. Converge. Uh, ISIS is from there. I didn't know. Um, ISIS the band for our younger listeners. Barry. Um, Barry, you're dead. Who definitely qualified as new metal for a bit, brief moment in their oh, career? Oh God, that's right. We, we're gonna have to get into that. Yeah, um, Unbroken Wings, they're the Red awesome. Cord. They're they're awesome. Oh, Stained. There we go. Oh, shit. another of the pillars of Mount Everest of new metal. Yes, and that's um, Everest with a Z. <laughs> all right. Um, so let's talk about Godsmack a little bit. So obviously, we've covered the fact that they're from Boston. Um, now we'll we'll just get to their band name right away. Like this is a band that leans heavily on their Alice in Chains influence. Um, you can just hear the album Dirt as you listen to this. Like so, there is obviously a uh, Alice in Chains song called Godsmack. So 
it's super clear that if they weren't like a guy, uh, an Alice in Chains cover band at one point, that's where they took the name. They tell this stupid story that Sully Erna's friend had a cold sore and he made fun of him and the next day he got a cold sore and the guitar player Tony Rombola said, oh, you just got Godsmacked. And he's like, that's the band name. And like, that's bullshit. Like, that didn't happen. <laughs> no, no, that's bullshit. That, no, nobody, nobody's ever said, oh, you have a cold sore, you got Godsmacked. No. Like, nobody, no, no. That's like Nickelback. Nickelback uh, was their whole thing was like it's a it's a football for uh, football phrase, but they would always say like, "Oh, I'd go into this coffee shop and say, hey, just give me a nickel.'" Oh yeah, yeah, same shit. Like, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah. uh, Sully Erna was a drummer uh, for twenty three years. It says so Sully. I don't. I didn't look up how old he is, but he had to be kind of old when they broke. But anyway, um, his his old band was called Strip Mind, but like two words oh, like strip. God mind but it's m-i-n-d because oh mind. i really if, if god if we're gonna be in this for the long haul i really just have to get over the amount of terrible fucking names that we're gonna encounter right well and we're gonna really get into like the tropes of new metal and godsmack has oh, just on this album so much repetition of similar things um but overall new metal like one of the the biggest pillars is you got to talk about like oh. your brain and the pain and you're insane and yeah your brain yeah. your pain uh there's uh <laughs> i actually i wrote down there are a number of uh different kind of like musical tropes that are going to be repeated throughout the genre uh at length but yeah uh from a lyrical perspective uh there are only a couple directions that you can go you can go away you can keep away you can get away you can get back you can step up you can step forward you can get down you can beat down you can break down you can uh I mean, that, that's the only fucking things that you can do, really actions. Right, because the, the whole core of new metal is that you're so angsty and twisted up and you're mad at somebody and it's your dad or your boss, but more than likely, it's that girl that just didn't like you. Um, and I think that we're going to get into that a lot. I do think this is a perfect uh, quarantine album because you're going to hear how many times Sully Erna tells people to stay away from him and to get back. And uh, I think he's just practicing social distancing 20 years ago. Yeah. Oh no, for sure. But I think that it was um, definitely like involuntary social distancing. I think it was like, goddamn girl ghosted me again. Yeah. It's like <laughs> basically when you are not getting the uh, attention that you think you so richly deserve for uh, your musical prowess or whatever the case may be, you know, you have the badass tattoos, you have the image and you feel you have earned this in, in a transactional sense. And then all of a sudden you, it's not happening because you haven't like really cultivated a personality. You have to be like, keep away from me. I'm bad news. I'm, I'm right. twisted up. You know? Well, and I think, I think that so many of these, uh, these songs, like, come from a place of misogyny and I don't think it's it's at all a coincidence that um a lot of these guys these bands as they found success they all got married to porn stars (laughs) like so many of them because and like is that because like they had no female attention at all before like they had money and fame so they just went off the deep end I don't know Anyway, so let's get back to, to talking about yes. this album. So track um, one. Yeah, well, so they recorded it themselves. Like they went into Good. a studio and recorded it. It got released by like a little indie label and um, it was being sold at Newberry Comics. And um, a local DJ started playing uh, Keep Away 
And uh, they, they were just like the cool local band and everybody wanted to go see Godsmack. Pretty soon they were selling a thousand CDs a week. And in, you know, 1996 or whatever, if you're selling a thousand CDs a week, major labels are going to come sniff it. So that's what happened. Now, mind you, CDs also went for about like $15, $17 yeah, a pop. Man. Like you, so if you're doing those kind of numbers just locally, uh, you're good. Yeah, they made the album for twenty six hundred dollars. Holy so. shit! Okay. Um, so, and to be to be fair, it's a well recorded album. I mean, the music is bad, but like from a technical perspective, it sounds mostly good. Like, I think that's what attracted me to it is like the guitar tones crush. I think the drums are the exact same on every song, but uh, Sully played the drums. He he sang and played the drums on this record. So let's start with the album art. Uh, this is an iconic oh, yeah. album art. It, I think anybody listening to this podcast, uh, if you, yeah, I hope that we're not your introduction to new metal. If so, stop, stop and go listen. We'll make other recommendations for you. Yeah. But, uh, so this album cover featured like an alt looking chick with orange hair and three piercings in her lip with a, a background that kind of looked like a bowling shirt, like yeah. with orange stripes <laughs> on a, so, um, Godsmack sound is the sound that a tribal tattoo makes. One hundred percent, it is the sound of like a, a a tattoo needle piercing skin at Myrtle Beach. Yeah, like, that's what it sounds like. <laughs> like uh, like it, a a, tri a, a tribal t that tribal tattoo of a turtle. Yes, that's yes, what, that's what it is. Like. <laughs> so uh, anyway, so th like they didn't even like this model didn't sit for this. I did a little research, like. She was she was just this like club kid in New York City, and some photographer did a sit down with her, and Godsmack was going through his book of photos and was like, "Oh, let's use this one." Like it yeah. has no relevance to the album at all. Yeah, it was stock photography. Uh, yeah. It was like a raver girl, and she didn't listen to the album until like fifteen years later. <laughs> <laughs> kind of sucks. Uh, all right, so let's get into the record. Uh, the track or the album starts with the first single, uh, "Moon Baby." Oh, um, so right off the bat it hits you hard with like a Rob Zombie vibe and then it just sucks. Dude, I have the same, <laughs> my first note on this, on Moon Baby is the lyrics would only sound cool with Rob Zombie singing them. <laughs> yeah. It's the only way that you can like sing about Moon Baby, come on, sexy lady. Like, <laughs> I know, well, yeah, but it does, it makes sense. Cause like you picture Rob Zombie's wife, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I do feel like there are a lot of times when he really wants to be Rob Zombie. And there's a lot of other times where he really wants to be Hetfield. And a lot of other times where he really wants to be in Pantera. Yeah, oh yeah. And the, uh, like the Alice in Chains and like, astro creep kind of vibes that you get off this album are so obvious and so like just blatant but yeah um moon baby is a weird song though because it's it's not it's like two songs that got stuck together like all of a sudden there's like this breakdown and the tempo completely changes like it's not like a time signature shift it's just like they copy pasted something else onto the end of the song that happens in all of these songs it's like, <laughs> every, like if you notice all these songs are like four and five minutes long yeah and they only long. need to be two and a half minutes because you <laughs> get to the end of the song and there's like a distinct pause and then it breaks into like another song <laughs> and that's what makes this album so fucking infuriating it goes oh, forever yeah but uh this this is the song that introduces us to the signature godsmack sound which is a shitload of china symbol <laughs> a lot of wah pedal <laughs> oh it's i i also wrote down that this entire album is brought to you by the metal zone three pedal uh, <laughs> the yeah, whole thing. yeah 
Um, it, yeah, it's just a really weird introduction. Like, I don't know this, and this is how you know, like, like I, I mentioned that the album sounds good. I just mean like from a individually instruments recorded and then mixed perspective, but like, it's completely obvious that they did not use a professional producer because yeah, they would have been like, bro, you don't need a fourth chorus, like at all. No, and at they all. They didn't have any of that guidance. So um, anyway, th that song's just awful. It starts the whole vibe of this very self-indulgent, super drawn out nobody is telling them to stop because they're footing the bill uh one last thing i want to mention about this it also is going to be an introduction to a key theme in new metal which is the fast mumble and that's oh, yeah. the mumble where like yeah they're just like they sound like an auctioneer through a walkie talkie and then like you know it's like my pain my pain go away like and, and it happens in every album. Uh, yeah. But moving on. Uh, it absolutely does. Uh, we're going to get to a really good example of that. But anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves. So next is the first single. And we're going to talk about this song probably the most out of any of the songs. Um, this is Whatever, um, the first single. Um, it was a massive hit. Uh, it was the longest running song on the U.S. active rock top 10 chart. Sat there for 33 weeks. Yep. 33 weeks is a lot, I, but I seriously, because it's not a good song, but I think it was the heaviest thing that the radio ever played up until that point. Yeah, yeah. I just remember like like hearing this song and be like, holy shit, the new Alice in Chains rips and like being really into it. <laughs> and then and then uh, at the end it goes, all right, that was God smack. I was like, God smack, I gotta, I gotta keep them on my radar. <laughs> I mean, this is like Riff City. Like this song, it's just like, it's just this big, like unfreaded open power chord. <laughs> it's just a big chun chun. Um, <laughs> like it's great. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, this is this song like right away hits you on the signature of, I, I, I don't know if Godsmack still makes songs like this, but uh, misogyny is like a core factor of the Godsmack sound. Uh, I mean, I know later on they had a song called Crying Like a Bitch. Um, I hope I don't think we'll ever cover it because it, it is going to be after our 2002 uh, stop. But uh, yeah, so they're still making misogynistic bullshit. Like, so in the lyrics, he's singing about he wants this girl to go away and he doesn't need her shit, but you're still my pet all the time. Like, those are legit lyrics in the song. Yeah, that's real you're gross. still my pet. And, and like, also, there's the point where he goes, I'm doing the best that I can. I'm doing the best I ever. So like, he's almost trying to like explain. So like, I'm really trying, babe. See, I got it the other way. It's like, I don't need you. I'm doing the best I ever did without you. Oh, okay. That's, that's, yeah. that's what I'm getting. Um, so I have a quote. Tony Rombola, the guitar player, gave a quote to Loudwire uh, and said, uh, that's Sully's answer to his girlfriend when we were going through the whole struggle between rehearsing five nights a week, playing on the weekends, and trying to keep a relationship going at the same time. We were really starting to take off, and it's hard to go through a relationship with a girl and have a band take all your time. Plus, we worked regular jobs, so there was probably 10 minutes of the day for them. A for effort, mm. Sully. A for effort. Yeah, and, and if he didn't have time for her and he only started 10 minutes a day, why is he so mad? Yeah. All right. So anyway, like if you want to know the signature Godsmack song, it's this song. It's whatever yep. by Godsmack. Um, the next track, which was actually the first one that got played on the radio, is called Keep Away. I'm going to tell you something yeah. very quick about the moment I, I saw that this was a song that Godsmack had done. Yeah. I've lived the past 20 odd years of my life thinking that the song Whatever was called Go Away. <laughs> and I was really confused when I saw the song called Keep Away, because I was like, oh, that's the song I must like. 
and I just went straight to it. And I, it blew my mind. Oh yeah, I mean, on almost every single song on this album, he says, "Go away, stay away, so far away, get back." Like it's in a- mm-hmm. every song. Like it's all that he's mm-hmm. talking about. So um, this makes me mad. Um, Keep Away was inducted into the top 100 greatest rock songs labeled under Guitar Legends. Um, it is ranked number 54 in Hit Parader's 100 Heavy Metal Top Songs of All Time. Of all time. All time. Wow. All time. And uh, there is a live version of this song included on the Woodstock 99 soundtrack. Wow. And shout out to Podcast 99 uh, and yep. all that. They're, they're doing God's work over there. Absolutely. So my first thought on this was, um, this guy hates women. <laughs> like he, he actually, like in the lyrics, he's complaining about this mystery woman and he sings rag me, like nag me, rag me. Uh, it's clear. He's like really putting this chick in her place. Do like I told you, stay away from me. That's the <laughs> lyric of the chorus. Would you expect anything less from Bostonians <laughs> in the oh, 90s? Sorry, sorry Boston. <laughs> uh, no, fuck you, Boston. Uh, I will also say that this was the point uh, when I sent you that text that I really hated you. Uh-huh. Um, it was at this song because oh, I you realized- were early, You were early on. <laughs> I made it through Moon Baby. I was like, wow, that sucked. I got the early treat of whatever, uh, which, you know, that, that's a ripper. And then it was like, okay, now I've got nine more songs. Well, <laughs> fortunately, like we're going to spend way less time on the other songs than we are on like, there's like four songs we're going to talk about a lot and we're going to blast through the rest. Oh, and I think, I think most of the albums that we're going to do on the show are going to be like that. Cause like these bands were putting out new albums every two years. So there's just tons of garbage. So this, this brings up the other Godsmack trope. Uh, it's Sonny going, yeah. And he just, <laughs> he used it as filler as much as possible. We get a lot more wah pedal in China, and I'm kind of here for that part. Not gonna lie, I was listening to it and I found myself like, I'm doing. Oh, that was the other song. This one was that. <laughs> See, so, I can't even keep all in China. But I was, I was literally like, just like kind of rocking out. I caught myself like nodding my head and playing like drums on my coffee table, and I was like, oh come on, man. But there is something unique about this one: is there is a ripping guitar solo, and that's not something we'll talk about a lot on this show because there were not guitar solos in new metal. No, um, no. But you can tell these dudes are probably all cock rockers and then they just transferred over. But he drops a little Alice in Chains inspired solo and it's it's kind of tight. Um, we didn't talk about the video for whatever because it's dumb. It's, um, okay, so the video for whatever is what every single video from a emerging band in yeah. the 90s was, which is as a re- we have signed you, we are going to put out your album, you are going to be direct support on a much bigger X tour and because this is the point in the world where we are spending millions of dollars on music videos, we don't want to make that investment in you yet. So give us a bunch of your tour footage that your girlfriends took and we will clip it together and whatever uh, weenie roast you played on your local stage, whatever like summer festival you did, give us all of that backstage and concert footage. We are going to clip it together, and that is your first music video. And you can tell that these were done at like summer festivals because the guitarist is wearing, and half the time is wearing one of those like Dr. Seuss hats that like you'd always see at the vendors who who had like hemp purses and uh, you know just marijuana related paraphernalia. And there there'd always be that weird like 
fucking the, the cat in the hat hat. Yeah, the cat in the hat hat. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. got that on the whole yeah. video. Yeah, that and Oakley's. Yep, and nobody in the band wears a shirt. Um, God no. Anyway, you can tell they got that their major label money. Um, oh yeah. For uh, the keep away video because uh, it's uh, it's something, man. It it the video actually. Um, depicts their target demographic. Godsmack's playing in some shitty warehouse. Um, the bass player has like a velvet bucket hat on. So they've he's come up. He's come up from the cat in the hat hat to the velvet yeah, that was, bucket that hat. That was the guitar player in the first video. But then Tony Rombola was like, oh, wait, people are going to know my name. I should get out from under this stupid hat and like rip solos. While they're playing, it shows like this shitty suburban kid with like frosted tips, like, his dad's gonna smack him, so he runs away. And then some jocks try to beat his ass on a basketball court. And then he runs away, and he gets mean mugged by a hobo. I don't know why. And then he tries to like bring some food to some girls at a burger joint, and they laugh at him. And he runs away again. And then like a street cop just like jams his ass up on this corner and like makes him lay down and spread him for no reason. Meanwhile, <laughs> Godsmack's just raging in this in this garage. I don't. In the angst factory, Godsmack's going to work. <laughs> And, 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 and meanwhile, school shooting the musical is happening. <laughs> You're totally right. Oh, all right. Let's move on to the next song, uh, Time Bomb. Uh, so this one, it starts with an industrial intro. So it's yes. like zombie-esque right out of the gate, right? I, I have written down white zombie synths. <laughs> yeah. They went right for uh, it. It's uh, feeling a little Pantera in this one. Um, the thing that stood out the most for me is he does that like mumble rap thing. That fast you're mumble. Talking about. He goes back to the fast the mumble. Fast old, but dude, he sounds like Savage Garden. So he's like, <laughs> you never look at me now. You never look me in the face like a chicken cherry cola. <laughs> <laughs> I could not hear it. So it's, uh, it's the little Savage Garden in there, which is completely out of place. Uh, it's a, it's a bad song. Listen to it just for that joke, but don't, don't ever yeah. listen to it again. Um, so the next one we're going to talk about a little bit, Bad Religion. Oh, boy. This is the dumbest song I've ever heard. Yeah, this um, is real dumb. So this is the fourth radio single from this album. The verse is literally one chord. The whole verse is him going... Okay, go play that song and then go play Hel the Superior Song by Helmet unsung. It's the same song. <laughs> It's the same exact. See, Helmet was good, and they and they made this iconic song unsung, which is just dun 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 dun, and, and then Godsmack, Godsmack went, "Hey, that's great. Let's take that, and then let's also take the name of an amazing band and use that as our song title." Absolutely, you're totally right. This song checks every single Godsmack trope checkbox. Song starts with Sully yelling, get back. The song ends with Sully yelling, go away and yeah. <laughs> um, he's, at, he's also at his absolute most Hetfield on this track. Every word ends with the letter A. So he's like, get back. You know, everything's got that Hetfield pop at the end. Uh, he, the first verse includes the lyrics, see you quiver like the dogs on the streets looking down as I beat you. Um, what the fuck is he talking about? I think that's just his like Bostonian <laughs> way of saying like, yeah, like no, hey, you see, you see a fucking dog on the street, you just kick him, you just kick, kick him out of your fucking way. So fuck that dog, <laughs> and fuck you too for judging me, you fucking Pete ass. I'm doing the best I ever can. Go away. 
<laughs> so it gets, it somehow gets even dumber. So Sully Erna told a blog called Big Heavy World in 1999 that this song has an anti-abortion message. Um, oh. Erna says, you don't even know me, yet you're deciding to kill me? Look, I'm here. I'm alive inside you. I'm alive inside you is one of the lyrics in this song. Uh, I can't be ignored. Okay, there's no way that that's what this song is about. He clearly just made that shit up. And, and to make it even worse, nothing like, like a 30-year-old straight white guy from Boston yelling, it's a child, not a choice. <laughs> so uh, the best thing that could have ever happened to this song did, uh, this song got 9-11'd. And what I mean by this song got 9-11 is following the September 11, 2001 uh, attacks, Clear Channel, uh, some of you may remember, issued the 2001 Clear Channel Memorandum, and it was 150 songs that had to be removed from all their radio stations airplay immediately, yep. and Bad Religion was on that list. Because it really, really sounds like he's singing about Islam. You know, I... I never really thought about it. Like, I don't look at Godsmack, although the name Godsmack in a, in a coming hot Ugh. off the heels of 9-11, you've got a band called Godsmack and then with a song called Bad Religion. Um, I, I can see I can see that very like, you know, early Fox News, super, you know, re reactional, like people, yeah. you know, brick and mortar stores are still a thing. The Internet's still kind of in its infancy. Album sales count. Radio play matters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. That's enough of that song. It's it's awful. And it makes me angry that it exists. Um, the next song is called Immune. I don't know how this song made this album. It's just garbage filler. Uh, the whole song is Sully going, yeah. It sounds like the best song from your local Battle of the Bands winner. Just okay. wh whoever you are, like go go find whoever the winning the the champion of your local town's Battle of the Bands was. Play, just skip to the middle of their album. That's what this song sounds like. Uh, as somebody that uh, won a Battle of the Bands while being in a new metal band, I, I endorse that. It's yep. pretty accurate. Um, the song opens with a clip from a Ray Liotta movie called No Escape. <laughs> Is that what that was? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, the song goes into a breakdown, and Sully sings over the top. The lyrics are literally like, yeah, try it. No, yeah. And then he makes a vomit noise. <laughs> oh, does he do the bleh? Yeah, he does. Oh, he may have been the first to ever do it. He's doing the best he ever did. Oh, um, now go away, please. Right. So yeah, again, this is how you know this was self-recorded because no producer would have allowed this nightmare to happen. This song does not need to be five minutes long. No. Uh, but it is. The, so Yeah. The last note I have as we're kind of like in a dead sprint to get to the finish line <laughs> of this is why are these songs five minutes long? So the next track is called Someone in London. Uh, and I can fuck with this track because Sully isn't on it. <laughs> it's just a little <laughs> instrumental jam. No Godsmack tropes. It kind of sounds like Sabbath. A little bit. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it kind of like had a real Sabbath vibe. I was expecting just from somewhere in London, okay, maybe it'll be like his like Jack the Ripper. I'm in the mind of Jack the Ripper. I get how somebody gets to that point. But no, thankfully, he just shut the fuck up. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it was great. All right, so the next song, I'm not fucking kidding you, is called Get Up, Get Out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, gotta go away. This dude just does not want anybody near him. But we're also back in the violence against women shit. Um, 
He sings, why are you laughing as if you're my friend? I'm going to slap you again and again and again. So you're like, oh, maybe he's talking about some dude that he's going to dust it up with. But in the next verse, he says, you were the love of my life for a day. I kind of thought that you'd feel the same way. Oh, no way. <laughs> oh, I didn't. I didn't catch that. Because, yeah, th there's a lot of crossover of like nine of like 90s hip hop machismo and new metal, which is because it is yeah. rap rock. So right. you're getting like. Hey, yo, you're a bitch. I'm going to smack you like a bitch. I'm a pimp. You know, there's a lot oh, of yeah, like, I can't wait till we do the Kid Rock episode. Oh, God. Yeah. And and Pimp Rock, like that mm -hmm. short-lived, you know, Pimp Rock phase. Dude, that website that we still get show info on, the PRP.com, it yep. stands for Pimp Rock Palace. Like, oh, God. that's how old it is. Yeah. Um, so that, that idea of like, oh, I'm going to smack you up, you know, like, because you are a man who is not exhibiting manly qualities. So that you could almost pass that. Unfortunately, you had to read the lyrics. This is a bad album, but the middle is just extra, extra bad. So we're going to do like 30 second shots on these next tracks until we get to the end, right? So although there is something on the next track we got to talk about, it's called Now or Never. It's the horniest track on the album. Oh, it's, it's real gross. Um, let's just hit the lyric that needs to be discussed and then let's just get past this one. I'm exhausted. Um, <laughs> According to Genius.com, the line goes, feel me up inside you, how you quiver and shake. Can I rake you back to life? But I have played this over and over and over again. And he is clearly saying, can I rape you back to my life? And I don't know how I didn't hear it when I was a kid and I was listening to this thing. But I mean, how do you rake someone back into their life? And this line comes right after he's talking about being inside someone. So I don't know. Change my mind. I hate this guy. No, you can you can rake somebody back and you've never heard that phrase. It's like uh, when you get a cold sore and somebody says you get Godsmacked. <laughs> it's the same thing. You know, you you rake someone um, back to life. Jesus. Get the next one is called Situation, and this is a song that it doesn't have. It's like their art song. It's like free flow. There's no verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, anything like that. You know that like Sully walked into the practice room and the dudes were just laying down this sick groove, and he was like, keep, "Wait, keep playing that." Keep playing that. And then he grabbed his little word book and started writing shit like, the situation in my head. Will this situation ever end? How can I feel if I can't breathe? What we once had will never be again. Oh, and yeah, no, 100%. And then it's go out for a smoke break, come back yeah. in, roll tape. Yeah, yeah It's 100%. on the album. Yeah, yeah. And you know that, like, when he recorded this in the studio, that he was holding the lyrics in front of him. All right, so we're just about done. Thank you for bearing with us. Uh, the next track is Voodoo which is the only somewhat redeeming song on the album. Um, it's not my cup of tea, but it doesn't totally suck either. This to me is the song that for the first time in their entire career, a actual producer sat down in the studio with yeah. them and said, here is how you write a hit. Everything henceforth has been accidental. Like they, they had whatever, that was a good song everything else up to voodoo fucking filler and <laughs> they managed to take that and and get that into enough of a career that finally somebody came in and said okay guys no 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 you don't get to touch the board i am going to edit this like yeah right. well and it's it's like for the rest of their career this is the song that they like walk off the stage off 
and then everybody yells one more song and the lights are still off and everybody's like wait are they coming back and all of a sudden the bass player and everybody's like yeah they're gonna play voodoo it was inspired by the 1988 Wes craven film the serpent and the rainbow so like that's why the lyrics aren't like misogynistic and him just telling people to go away because like he watched a movie that he really liked and then he kind of talked about the movie and that's the lyrics um i've never seen the movie but if Sully Erna liked it, I'm not going to watch it. It's not a um, bad movie. Serpent in the Rainbows, <laughs> it's, it's worth watching. The video's out of its fucking mind. <laughs> There's a naked dancing Medusa. Yes, yes, the naked dancing Medusa. Uh, there is um, some witches doing like a ritual with swords. Um, the band is in a cornfield by a big-ass fire, and their instruments are covered in mud. It's, a, it's like Blair Witchy, but highly produced. And that's the thing. This is like you finally um, made it. You like you made it from clip together concert footage to the angst factory now you're out of the angst factory and we're gonna throw down two million dollars for you to actually record something yeah. there's going to be production assistance there's going to be day rates there's going to be uh craft services and we are going to be, <laughs> we are going to make a fucking production um all right so there is a secret track uh, if you let Voodoo play, you remember that back in the day on CDs? Oh, God, yes. You'd think it'd be over, but if you let the last track play for like two minutes of silence. So it just comes on and it's more like a another little like voodoo-y, like instrumentally kind of thing that doesn't sound like the rest of the album. And then it just ends inexplicably, which is how I wish their career ended. Unfortunately, we got like 10 more albums out of these guys. Um, I Have you ever seen Godsmack Live? I've never seen Godsmack Live. All right. I've seen him once at, uh, I think it was an OzFest. And like a class war broke out between the lawn and the pavilion and everybody was just chucking shit at each other in the middle of their set. So people were just like ripping the sod out, throwing it at the people in the expensive seated seats. And Godsmack, uh, Sully was just whining from the He's like, stop it guys, we're trying to play. We're like, we're gonna stop. We're gonna walk off the stage. It was pretty great. And then I have one Godsmack story. Um, I went on a date with a girl from a dating app and uh, very quickly into the date, like 15 minutes quick she's like uh what kind of music do you like and i'm like oh yeah cool normal question so i'm talking and she's like do you like heavy metal and i was like um i listen to some heavy music and she's like is Godsmack heavy metal and i was like oh god um in a way and then just out of nowhere she tells me how when she was 19 that she met sully erna on a golf course and she hooked up with sully for like a year and like he had to be like 40 at that time you know that's Props to her. That's got to be the most creative way to tell somebody that you have an STD on the first date. Uh, oh, like, for sure. Dude, she told me that 15 minutes into yeah, the date. Yeah, because she like, didn't want your dick to get Godsmacked <laughs> and for you to get angry. Uh, I made it about uh, another 30 minutes and uh, yeah. No, no never, second date? Yeah, never. Go away? No, keep no away? No, yeah, she, uh, she has to get back. <laughs> God. All right, so I guess we're done. Um, we're going to bring you the, the, the newest in new metal news at the end of these podcasts. So right now, if you haven't seen the Trapped and Danny Diablo beef, um, I think you need to go check it out. So the lead singer of Trapped is a huge uh, Make America Great Again guy, and their account has very much changed from a, uh, a music page to like a diamond and silk like knockoff where it's, it's pretty, pretty gross. Um, and, uh, he, uh, he tried to like riff on ice tea. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, he went uh, after the original because, gangster. Because tra 
Trapped has more um, listens on Pandora. He goes by Pandora, only Pandora, where people where people have no control over what song they're going to hear, um, and says that he, they have more uh, more listens than body count. And Ice T just goes, "Keep talking, I'll run it." <laughs> and you know what that means because he's a stone killer. Yeah. So okay. So Danny Diablo, for those who don't know, is um, kind of like hardcore New New York hardcore uh, legacy. He uh, was the lead singer of uh, bands that you may have heard of, like Scarhead, Crown of Thorns, with a Z. Um, let's see, Scarhead. <laughs> but he runs with uh, he he runs with uh, this uh, crew called DMS, which has uh, bands like Vietnam, Madball, and a bunch of other shit you probably never heard of. But these are very uh, big, scary, gang affiliated the tattoos uh, on their faces. <laughs> yes, like it's just kind of you have to have a tattoo on your face. Um, Dan Diablo almost died in 1993 when he got in a fight and was stabbed with an eight inch screwdriver. <laughs> he almost went to jail from that stabbing because of how badly he beat the other man who stabbed him. And then he uh, almost went to jail for attempted murder in 1998. This is not a man you want to fuck with. And the dude from trap started <laughs> fucking with him. Um, so, uh, my favorite part of it is uh Danny Diablo only types in caps <laughs> so yeah no he only thinks in caps <laughs> and he only and types so in he caps. was being kind of hard but he was also being kind of goofy and he called trapped uh a uh whack-ass alien ant farm and uh <laughs> it just made my day because they are they really are eventually we will cover trapped's first album because in my humble opinion it is the album that killed new metal um and Trapped to this day describes their music as post new metal. Uh, uh, oh, honey. You know, and like, I, I know that we have to do this Trapped album, but like, I just don't have like the emotional capacity to argue with this man on Twitter, which will happen. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I just don't have it in me. I don't blame you. Um, I, I, I dropped a pretty good burn on him, hoping to get the block, and he still hasn't blocked me, but he also hasn't responded to me. So, oh well. All right. So, before we uh, bring it home, let's. Uh, uh, part of what we want to do is, after discussing a terrible album of the past, is kind of just wash ourselves and uh, talk about an album uh, very quickly that is current that we love. So, Nick, what do you All got? All right. So, um, I don't know if I love it yet, but it's what I'm listening to right now. Uh, Fiona Apple released a new album called Fetch the Bolt Cutters. Um, and I'm starting to like it more as I listen to it, but I feel like it's going to be one of those albums that needs um, a lot of listens. Um, and I know that this isn't like a heavy album. Uh, most of the time, that's probably what I'll talk about here. But uh, in all honesty, that's what I was listening to earlier today. Uh, so, check it out. It's, she doesn't put out music very often. And when she does, it's undeniably good. So, yeah, it's fucking incredible. Um, no, good call. For me, it's got to be the latest uh, Spanish Love Songs album, which is called Brave Faces, everyone. And, you know, like we said earlier, we're recording this in quarantine and it's just been kind of like a fucked up, unprecedented time to be alive. And I know Spanish Love Songs probably didn't write this album to coincide with that, but every single song, uh, you know, just pretty beautifully captures like what it's like to be alive at this time and they and the music is undeniably good if you're a fan of uh you know bands like against me or uh the menzingers it's just it's in that ilk but 
they really stepped it up and wrote just it's it's very rare that you find an album that is just start to finish a banger and there's not one bad song in the bunch and this is one of those so definitely check yeah they're good out. dudes too i have a bunch of mutual friends with them uh yeah good dudes cool um cool so uh go ahead and follow us on uh twitter and on instagram at days of the new d-a-y-z of the new and you uh kevin where can you be found on the internet you can find me uh, on Insta at uh, KJ Delory, D-E-L-U-R-Y. Uh, same for Facebook. And I'm not on Twitter because it's a toxic cesspool. <laughs> I am on the Twitter and the Instagram at Nick underscore the underscore knife. Follow me there. Interact with us. Tell us your thoughts. Uh, we're going to keep going with this. So uh... Yes, we are. So right. thanks, uh, guys. It's just been one of those days. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> my